Positive. 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 Imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello there. I'm Catherine, your host of this variety show podcast. Your positive imprint is transforming how we live today for a more sustainable tomorrow through education and information. Your own positive actions inspire change. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Visit my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, and learn more about the podcast and sign up for email updates. And thank you for listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Pandora, well, (laughs) your favorite podcast platform. Music by the legendary and talented Chris Noll. Check out Chris, and that music playing right now is Gumbalaya, Chris Knoll's music. Check him out, chrisknoll.com, C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E. Thank you again for listening and for your support of this podcast. Your Positive Imprint, what's your P.I.? Well, hello, hello, and I am so excited to be back as your host with Your Positive Imprint podcast. It's January, and we're just finishing up ringing in the new year. I know it's the end of January, but we're still ringing in that new year 2024. Another year with awesome positive imprints from around the world. Well, my 2024 is going pretty well, especially after a clean bill of health from my doctor, with the exception of my eyes, of course, but I'm ready to share positive imprints with you in another year here, 2024, and I'm starting out in Scotland. So what is it that comes to your mind when you're thinking about Scotland? Today's guest is Max Mortensa. On the day of our recording in Scotland, the weather brought a downpour of rain and loud rumbling winds, and we couldn't find anywhere quiet or dry except for this fabulous staircase in the National Museum of Scotland in Edinburgh, and we were quieter than what we would have been had we been outdoors. Well, Max was my guide for the whiskey experience. That's where I met him. We're a little bit more subdued on this episode because we're here in the museum. When Max is in front of a tour group, he's charismatic and his knowledge of Scottish whiskey allows for a brilliant and entertaining tour. And you don't have to drink whiskey to enjoy the fantastical adventure and learning experience with Max. Cheers. Skol. Salud. Slanjava. Max Martensa is from Southwest Netherlands in an area called Zeeland. Here he describes Zeeland before coming to Scotland. So yeah, I've grown up there, um, spent my whole life there until I was about 22, 23. So yeah, pretty good. Uh, everything very nice. A small village, uh, not too many people, not too big a city. It was not really too industrial, I'd say just a bunch of families but we got quite a few tourists as well mostly from Germany uh, going to the coast because I wasn't exactly at the coast but very easily to get to the coast from there there was businesses as well of course everything quite local I'd say uh, so like local farmers mostly yeah, quite simple stuff like potatoes carrots all of that uh, but quite a bit of fruit as well really um, yeah Oh my gosh. Uh, so think about like pears, apples, uh, berries. At one point my, my dad actually had a, 
pear farm as well, or like a pear orchard, which we get some pears from. So that's, uh, of course, big shops as well, but just a nice, nice wee town. So pretty good as well. And you decided not to go into the pear business no, or the no. farming business. You decided to do something else. So what was your schooling in? So um, my schooling was initially in sociology, economics and uh, rhetoric. Uh, but then didn't really know where to take that or what to do with that initially. So I thought, why not move to a different country, Scotland in this case. Uh, and learn something about that culture, share the knowledge that I've gained uh, in my past with the people here and vice versa. And uh, then, uh, yeah, got into this job and now tour guide at the, the Whiskey Experience. Yeah, which is an amazing experience. But why Scotland? So it was a mixture of things, definitely. Yeah, when I came to about 22 years, I'd finished education, finished my university, and I thought, why not go somewhere else? My girlfriend really wanted to go here as well. She's doing her masters here now. I really like walking through the hills as well, which of course we don't really have in the Netherlands. I loved whiskey. My dad was a huge <laughs> whiskey fan already as well, so I kind of got it from him. He had a lot of bottles around the house and he was always quite into it. He often went to Scotland on holidays as well, uh, just traveling around with his friends, visiting distilleries. Uh, so that kind of thing got passed on to me as well now, where I kind of had that feeling to the background uh, and the get into whiskey as well yeah yeah so that's why I'm now in Scotland yeah and so now the whiskey experience it was amazing and on the Royal Mile up close to Edinburgh Castle you brought a lot of flamboyancy you brought charisma hmm. you were telling a story but I don't want to give it away but the grand finale <laughs> of the opening of the doors was like watching a host on a TV show, just the way you did it. It was Yeah, what I'm really proud of and why I enjoy this job so much as well is that we really all have a genuine love for whiskey and that's why most of us are doing it. So instead of just delivering a spiel, we just try to share our love for whiskey with other people uh, and we've got all the knowledge. We've visit a lot of distilleries, we get master blenders and distillers coming to tell us about their craft and they've got that same kind of passion of course for the for the spirit and then we get to share that with people as well which is why I enjoy this so much, why it's so satisfying especially then hearing the positive feedback of, of people like yourself as well. So I did not know about the whiskey experience on beforehand but when I came here uh, I of course first had to get a visa and once I had that all sorted uh, I had made up my mind that with my, my background in, in what I've studied that I did want to do something with, with tourism, with people. Then initially also something that was kind of typically Scottish and then very quickly I then came to, to whiskey and then to the whiskey experience as well. Um, Good tour guides make the experience and I like that they use that word experience, mm. the whiskey experience. It's a very fantastical experience. Historical first and you do feel like you're in a wizard shop of some sort with the colors. Yeah. <laughs> Basically the tour um, that we do tries to cover as much as possible we're not just owned by ourselves, we're owned by the entire industry as well. So we really try to, to fairly shine a light on all the different distilleries and cover all the bases. 
So yeah, we tried to take people on that journey through Scotland, showing them what whiskey is all about. Uh, and then of course with our magnificent whiskey collection as well, that just wows people every single time. Again, even though I've done it a thousand times, it still wows me as well. Sure. Uh, and how many distilleries about approximately are in Scotland now? Um, I would say it is uh, getting close to 150, not quite yet, but lots of new ones are opening up as well. Uh, so there's definitely been a boom in the last couple of years. Uh, for example, in Edinburgh itself, there used to be no distilleries at all. The closest one was about 40 minutes away. Whereas now, very recently, about two or three more have opened up as well. So it's a, it's a massive boom. But it's about of those 150 distilleries, I think about 80 or 90 percent are our stake and shareholders. They really put a lot of you know effort into us, and we as a business try to give back by just again sharing the whiskies and sharing their stories. The regions in Scotland where the whisky is from matters a lot, of course, to what it tastes like. The lowlands here as they say, quite low, quite soft, so the whiskey's a bit softer as well. The highlands, rugged terrain, a bit more rugged whiskies, but with notes of heather as well, of course, quite typically Scottish, that. Speyside, the most popular whiskies, tend to be from there, because the river Spey is simply so soft. Then Campbelltown, a very small region, with only three distilleries there, but they're quite salty because of their maritime climate there. And then, of course, Isla is where the smoky whiskies tend to come from. And that's what we cover during the tour as well. But then, of course, with more magnificent and, like you said, fantastical uh, view to it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. And so we're here sitting in the National Museum of Scotland, which is an incredible museum, uh, much like the Smithsonian in the United States. But what they have here is a section on the whiskey which of course of course they would yeah but what i really didn't know and we were you and i were talking about this on the tour is prohibition in the united states in the 1920s caused the shutdown the out of business of how many more than 30 distilleries yeah that was really just in campbelltown alone of course there were lots of distilleries which partially had to close due to that lack of export during the time and same in the lowlands, there used to be lots of distilleries all around, but they had to close because their main focus was export. And then, of course, when the US completely banned whiskey, um, it was very tough for a lot of distilleries to still function around. So, yeah, it's a definitely that worldwide impact already back then. You can clearly see in that history of Scotch whiskey uh, as well that they struggled sometimes during prohibitions did well other times when it was going well in other countries as well. Isn't that incredible? Just to think that what one country does is truly going to impact mm. the economics of another in that sense. Because I, I never, ever, never did I even think about the repercussions. Yes. I yeah. never yeah. thought about the repercussions of what prohibition would have done worldwide to mm. the other countries who were exporting. Yeah, yeah. And that's something to think about for, of course, as we move forward in the future. Not that we're trying to protect the economy of another country. But still, yeah. So the fantastical part. Who put all of that together? Uh, so, yeah, it really is like a mixture. The tour has been developing over the, the last years. Because, of course, the, the whiskey experience has been there since 1988 already. Uh, but across those years, we've grown a lot. We've changed a lot. Now as well, we're still, you know, changing, adding to the tour. 
So yeah, the, the whole industry again, they tend to meet up our board of directors, which has people from all across from different companies in it. They will just uh, kind of make these decisions and then of course talk to us, the tour guides as well, because after all we are the ones that have to deliver it. So we get a, a say in that as well. So oh, that we're that's uh, awesome. kind of, yeah, we, we can, you know, give our impact because we have to deliver the tour at the end. So we want to make sure that we're comfortable with it, that we're able to do it and that we're happy with what we're saying as well. So, so. We met up with a woman from, I forget which country, but she was here last year and they rolled her in a barrel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that was a, another part of the fantastical parts. This year they don't roll you in a barrel. Do you have a favorite whiskey? Um, um, hard to say. Uh, I find it really hard to pick favorites. Um, it's almost like you know picking your favorite song from many it really depends what you know what the mood is um how many whiskeys you're having or what you know who you're drinking with as well but what i like about it the most i think is the variety how with such simple ingredients and quite a similar process of making it they can create so many different flavors tastes and aromas in that again quite simple but magnificent drink and I like that. It can be smoky, fruity, yeah, spicy, all of those different things. It's actually just barley, water and yeast. Uh, and by Scottish legislation to kind of protect Scotch whiskey as well, they actually can't add anything else. So it's just those three things and all the other flavors come from making it, come from the casks and of course, yeah, from Scotland itself as well. That's interesting that it's legislated for just the three ingredients that nothing else can be added. Yeah. That keeps it pure. It does. And there is, um, again, to protect Scotch whiskey or the name yeah, thereof, uh, there is quite a few rules that distillers have to follow. Like they can only use oak barrels. Um, they have to make it in Scotland. And many of those kind of rules and technicalities that they have to kind of adhere by just to protect scotch so that you don't get any fake or, or, or you know other things out there that will maybe tarnish what scotch is as a as a brand so you know that if you buy a scotch whiskey it'll always be according to those certain standards and qualities which is uh, something that i think is quite nice as well the barrels in scotland here they get them from all over the place generally historically speaking Again, quite nice because we're in a history museum here as well. Historically speaking, they got them from Spain a lot. European oak that had previously had had, had sherry in it. Um, and that combination with the European oak and the sherry gives the whiskies a bit more spicy flavor. Um, nowadays, they tend to get more casks from uh, the US as well. American oak. Um, which has had bourbon in it, giving the whiskey a bit more of kind of a sweet vanilla flavor as well. Uh, and that's simply because, of course, the sherry industry uh, is not doing so well anymore nowadays. Uh, not an awful lot of people drink sherry, uh, which then again has an impact on the Scotch whiskey industry sure. uh, because the casks are a lot more expensive, whereas from the US we can buy them still relatively cheap because bourbon is very popular as well, more so than sherry, I'd say. What is sherry made from? So it is just the fortified wine. 
Uh, so it's from the region of Jerez in Spain, where they basically just have wine put in casks. They add more yeast as well, so that it fortifies it, just like they would port or other fortified dessert wines. Yeah, yeah, because it's um, definitely, I would say, sherry not as well known as well as uh, sure. some of the other ones. But it's quite tasty in my opinion. But I'd still rather drink whiskey, of course. <laughs> The blended whiskey. So that just basically means it's it's a mixture of, of different whiskies all together on a basis of grain whiskey as well, which is slightly different than all the single malts you might see. It's a bit lighter, a bit milder, and that kind of adds to the popularity of the blended whiskies as well because they are so much lighter and milder. They tend to appeal to people a lot more as opposed to maybe your very intense, rich, depthful whiskies that sometimes scare drinkers off a bit more of the whiskey. Let me ask you about economy or economics up here. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Um, uh, but especially with my job, there is like a lot of benefits that they give us. With the NHS, the National Health Service, you can just get free healthcare everywhere. And besides that, a lot of the stuff for retirement as well, they'll uh, you know, make sure that you can save a bit of your, your wage for that and they'll match that as well so that once you retire you've got all of that. So it's, it's pretty good, definitely very well, well done I think. Especially compared to the Netherlands, I find that it's pretty good here whilst not paying too much taxes because the taxes in the Netherlands are a lot higher. In the Netherlands, you do pay a lot of taxes of course with the all the roads, they're, they're really good, so we have to pay taxes for that. But also the waterworks, since Netherlands, of course, below the water level, so <laughs> they have to maintain all the, the, the dams and the, the, the dunes and all of that. So we pay a lot of taxes for that as well. So that's why I do like it here also, that it's, you get more of what you earn, but you still get lots of great perks and, and things like that. So what are the five steps to take that first sip? Yeah. <laughs> So, um, they're very simple steps. You basically just start with looking at the color of the whiskey. Again, it could be lighter colored, which will indicate likely uh, a more kind of softer or more bourbon influence. If it's very dark, amber colored, generally the whiskey is a bit richer with more like a sherry flavor to it as well. Second step then is giving the whiskey a swirl in your glass, again, might look a bit pretentious but it definitely has a use as well because that is where you kind of look at the oiliness of the whiskey so if it really sticks to the sides of your glass it is a very oily heavy whiskey that will stay on your palate for a while whereas if it flows down it's very light and just vanishes straight off the bat the third step smelling nosing of course your nose is uh, where most of your, your taste and, and, and senses are happening uh, compared to your palate. Uh, so very important uh, to nose your whiskey as well. And the fourth step is tasting it, which of course is going to be a bit fiery, especially if you're not used to drinking whiskey, but it should uh, mellow down as well after a few sips or a few drams perhaps. And then of course the fifth step is the, the finish or the aftertaste. The feeling you get after you've swallowed the whiskey could change in flavor, could even linger for a while, of course, uh, what the smoky whiskies are tend to be known for. Yeah, well, I love the five steps and we'll be heading out to do those five steps here in a little bit. 
Of course, I'm here in person with Max Martensa from Netherlands. It's exciting that we met you and exciting that we're here and exciting that you have all this knowledge on whiskey. I learned so much on that fantastical tour experience. And I certainly, anybody that comes to Edinburgh must do it. Hmm. It's incredible. So last inspiring word. So I think all I've got to say is really just do what you enjoy doing and try to you know find a job or, or something that you just enjoy every day wake up go to your job and share that that love for whatever you have with other people as well which I'm very grateful for that I get to do that here and now and just yeah have a good time and share that good time with other people as well well thank you for sharing the good time and thank you for sharing the knowledge and I'm glad you followed your dream over from the Netherlands here to Edinburgh Scotland indeed yeah thank you very much for allowing me to be on your podcast oh this absolutely thank you for your positive imprints this is amazing <laughs> no worries <laughs> Max thank you your positive imprint what's your PI to learn more about whiskey in Scotland go to scotch-whiskey.org.uk and also go to scotchwhiskeyexperience.co.uk and by the way, whiskey is W-H-I-S-K-Y. Well, we're having a brilliantly amazing time, and I can't wait to share more positive imprints with you. Don't forget to leave positive reviews and visit my website, yourpositiveimprint.com, to learn more about this podcast and access over 200 positive imprints from around the world. Slan Until next month, Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.?